Hi everyone, another episode of the Home Cinema Design Podcast. We're going to talk about calibration and Tom's going to need to talk more than me because he's a bit further ahead. Oh no. So hi Tom. Hello, how are we? So Tom, why is calibration important? Uh, calibration's everything on what we're doing, Owen. Um, it, 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 it's going to make, oh no, we can't use foot, we can't use car analogies, can we? No, we can't use car analogies. We can use any other analogy you like. Uh, we can talk about push bikes we can talk about you know can have wheels it's just not allowed to have an engine i suppose let's 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 do it as a cake analogy yeah, go we've got the ingredients and we've mixed them up correctly uh-huh but now we've got to put the bloody thing in an oven right and it's that it's that oven it's the oven temperature it's the oven timing so that's what calibration is it's it's Oh, God, I nearly said icing on the cake then. <laughs> yes, you can be creative, but at the right point. But if you get the science wrong, the whole thing isn't going to work. Yeah, so so let's let's <laughs> let's let's be a bit more a bit a bit a bit of a better way of explaining it. So, you know, we, we have got we've got our subs in, we've got our speakers in, we've got our acoustic treatments in. That's great. But then we have got to calibrate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of us are going to be using these these out the box uh, digital eq self calibrators let's say yeah but for me we've got to verify what they're doing yeah and uh, you know i was having a really good long chat with ben goff not so long ago about time alignment mm-hmm. so with speed of sound being 343 meters per second you know y- you've got let's just talk about two speakers left and right if if you're 0.03 of a millisecond out you screw up your left right stereo image mm-hmm. it's that it's that tight yes so allowing these auto eq systems to do what they do and set all this information for us we have got to be sure that they've done a good job and what did you find about the time alignment in your place I've yet to find a system that does it perfectly. Yeah. And actually, level, even bloody level, you know, the levels can be off. Ah, oh, levels. Massively. Uh, everything's off. What what they do quite well is get you close. Yeah. But being able to fine-tune them is what makes it a good system opposed to an amazing system. So being being able to adjust your levels perfectly your time alignment perfectly, you know, even your EQ curve, so on and so forth. Um, you know, being able to set your crossovers is is incredibly handy from speaker to speaker, whether it be because an Atmos speaker is going to behave very differently to, you know, a great big in-wall speaker, really. So, you know, being able to adjust the, the, the handoff between main speaker and subs so that we're sending the right frequencies to the right speakers. Yeah, we've uh, calibration's a big thing. We've got to verify what we've installed as well, Owen. Way before we start putting crossovers in, setting levels, have we wired the thing up correctly? Yeah, I think I think for me, before we start tweaking crossovers, before we start mm-hmm. checking levels, we need to make sure that we've got things installed correctly. Oh, yeah, sure, of course. We're human, aren't we? So... Have we put our black and our, our red cable into the speaker correctly? Mm-hmm. So polarity test. More importantly, has our speaker manufacturer 
let's say we've got multiple drivers, are those drivers connected correctly within the speaker? That will have yeah, yeah, yeah. a huge impact to the performance of your speaker. And it does happen. I know some very well-regarded makes that have absolutely, on my watch, had a bit of a Friday afternoon. It takes one human, doesn't it, to have to be distracted once, and then it's done. Well, it's exactly that. I think yep. I think all speakers are put together by hand at the very end when these drivers go with them. We all have that Friday afternoon feeling, don't we? It's quite easy to put the cable in the wrong place. We had it actually during our my HAA training. One of the speakers, a tweeter in the <laughs> and the mid with the wrong way around. Was that deliberate or was that a ruse? That could have been. <laughs> actually, I don't think it was because Jerry and uh, Adam were like, oh, we better just phone up the manufacturer make sure um so it wasn't but we we certainly found it which is you know which was a a big lesson for me it's like oh right okay we do need to be checking this so good so we we, you know we need to verify that that what's in the room is working correctly that the left speaker is connected to the left output so on and so forth so that that's that's really important because you know we're going to find errors in the system we're going to find issues and by following a number of steps, mm-hmm. we can rule out issues as we find them. Does that make sense? So, you know, if we've got a whatever it might be, a, a dip or a high or something going on, uh, you know, we haven't got to start thinking about, oh, are our crossover set correctly? Is that speaker actually working properly? You know, let, let's get all that done from the beginning. And that's one of the most important things for me with, with calibration, verifying what you've got in the room making sure everything's working correctly before you start trying to fix problems yeah. that may or may not be fixable. So, yeah, that that that's really important um, part of the process, which I don't think happens nearly enough. Yeah. And then we kind of get into, yeah, it's it's chicken and eggs are wrong thing, but, but different calibrators will do things in a slightly different order, I suspect. Uh, I have a check sheet. It's, it's what I've become used to, so... Um, yeah, if we're a lot of your what you're going to do in the room is going to very much depend on the equipment you've got, your AVR or your processor. Yeah, yeah, totally. Most of my stuff tends to be one particular make, so I kind of follow that and sort of go from there. Yeah, you use the equipment you've got in front of you, so you might be using. Well, they're all going to have some kind of auto auto EQing and and all the rest of it. So we'll. You know, we'll go through the motions with that. And then I will spend a long, long time verifying that everything that it's done is correct, and a, which it won't be. I've not found one that has done it correctly yet. And then we correct and we put in those literally minute alterations. Yeah, and that can make an enormous difference, as uh, as we both found. Absolutely yeah. massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. It really, really does. Cool. Right. Let's talk about stuff. I had this the other day. Someone who's who I like as an integrator who's kind of just coming through in terms of audio and video and is getting on the training path, which I massively respect, um, was saying, oh, what should I get to sort of as a, as a basic calibration setup? So um, mm-hmm. what should I get as a basic calibration setup, Tom? What do you think? Ooh. What did you do? I started life. Yeah, I started life with a U-Mic 1. Same. Yeah. Really inexpensive, mm-hmm. really quite good. Yeah, actually, yeah, decent. And if, I think if you're going to buy yeah. one and definitely stay there, that's probably still quite a good way to go. Weirdly, yeah, I wouldn't buy you mic too. 
which is the newer version of Same. Oh, this is Mini DSP. They're a company who used to sell you a box to sort of sit between your preamp thing and your power amp thing to do corrections. And they used to also have a quite nice range of mics that are USB powered, by the way, in case you didn't know. Um, but yeah, we, we both had the mics. You mic too is sort of interesting because it's very useful for one job. Yeah, noise floor. Yeah. In fact, I've still got yours, haven't I? I think isn't it yours now? Maybe. Anyway, I've still got one from you, so thank you. And I used it to do the noise floor calculations on mine because the, the you might want is a bit older and it's a bit noisier. But according to Peter, which is good enough for me, the one does a better job in terms of building up a basic picture of what's going on in the room. Because there is bigger capsule. And it's compatible with Dirac, which lots of stuff has. You know, Arcams have it, mm-hmm. New Integras and Onkyos and Pioneers have it, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. So I can see that being a useful weapon in your in your arsenal it's sort of sub 200 quid right it's the you might want is still in my calibration box now yeah 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 yeah, yeah. absolutely but recently you and me have the next day have kind of put a thing together yeah again with peter and and ben's kind of input let's be honest yeah um, we've got the poundland version of peter's calibration setup because <laughs> we're not going on any airplanes right yeah at the moment and i think he said his is a bit dearer and tastier but that's partly because the mics are small yeah so should we go through it so we are yeah it's it's again it's it's still a fairly simple setup so we're using an, an evo 8 audio interface yeah, by company audience so this is a recording thing really but it's a low noise yeah microphone preamp thing that will support up to four microphones decent yep. and inexpensive so mine was just under 150 quid when i bought it mm-hmm. cool uh yep. microphones by uh sonar works yeah yeah sound id yeah and i think they do a they do a software again for calibrate studio stuff but we're not interested in that no. they do some good mics with calibration curves it's the calibration curves that are the thing the mic doesn't have to be perfect you don't have to buy an earthworks or whatever a super super flat microphone as long as it's got a known response yeah that you can tell your software that yeah then you should be good i mean in theory behringer do some measurement mics with calibration curves i just couldn't do it you know they're about 30 quid each or something i just feel walking into a high-end home with thousands of pounds worth of audio equipment, with a load of Behringer. It'd be like walking onto a job site and going, do you like my Black & Decker drill? Well, look, it's... it's Yeah, you've <laughs> got to have some... So I couldn't... I don't have the cojones to bring the £30 microphone. I had to spend 80 It'd be interesting to get one and just see how it performed in comparison, wouldn't it? You know, but... The other thing is, though, actually, from my adventures in studio years ago, I don't want something that's gonna break yeah you know i do yeah 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 yeah, back yeah. To that black and decker drilling yeah so so that that so i'm using like you are owen i've got four mics mm-hmm. plugged into my evo 8 for these um sound id uh, uh mics and that allows me to play one note yes out of a speaker or speakers and then get four different positions in my room yeah and a very quick knowledge of what's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the bit, isn't it? So I can physically see potentially, you know, base issues from one row or one seat to the next. If I maybe heard something, I can verify that very quickly. And that's that's what's that's what's really good about. It. There's no reason 
why you can't do it with one microphone. None at all. It's just time. Other than it's four times slower. Yeah. So every time you make a change, you have to go and measure that four times round. It's yeah. like um, on the auto setup stuff. I'm more familiar with the Anthem one. I think you're more familiar with Dirac. But they make you move the mic and then run the sweeps again. And they make you yeah. move the mic and then run the sweeps again. So yeah. this is just a way of getting four sweeps in the same amount of time it would take you to do one. Exactly. Yeah. Massively useful. Yeah. Cool. Okay, um, and we haven't quite finished in terms of the rig because the other thing we need to do is cable it because these are XLR analog microphones. Yeah. And weirdly, if you go to CPC, if you go to Farnell, you can pick up everything Neutrik and Van Dam mic cables Yeah, for half the price they are anywhere else. Yeah, and you know what? If it's good enough for the sound boys on stage doing live concerts, good enough for me. Oh, totally. Neutrik, which has extreme engineering integrity, the Van Dam cable has integrity, and it's also noise cancelling. That's the whole point of yeah. the XLR balance system. I mean, unlike you, Aaron, I haven't totted up the total cost of what's in my little box of tricks, cables, microphone stands, but I bet we're sub £500 Yeah, everything that we'll probably ever need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decent box to put them yeah. in. I got one from, um, I got basically like a Poundland Pelican. Um, I-, I will remember the name of the case and i will put that up on the website um but i spent about 50 quid on a decent box with some foam in it 17 inch on the cables cheap microphone stands yeah it was easily sub 500 quid now yours is more because you've got a trinov mic and i haven't got that yet because my trinov job's not till next year yeah i've only got it because i had a trade up because you know we've had trinov jobs so you ha- you can't do a trinov without the trinov mic but yeah no 100 percent. and I've, I've got one but it isn't they haven't even started building the house yet so i've got a little bit of time <laughs> so um what's very cool as well i thought about this and i said this to um to my friend i said why don't you just buy the audio interface and why don't you just buy one of the mics and a neutric cable because it's then just a it's a tiny little bit more expensive than you might want but you're a quarter of the way towards the multi-mic setup which you then might use yep and actually just as a bit of a side note with dirac mm-hmm. It's started working now, whether it's a new firmware update on Derek's side or what, I don't know. But I'm using my uh, my new mic setup only one at a time with Derek. Oh, that's amazing. I've got some I've got some Derek to do later this week. No, that's amazing. Thank you. So actually, my U-Mic 1 may well have gone into retirement now. I don't know. Nice. Well, that's mm. cool. That might have been a fluke. Oh, yeah, that's a point. On the calibration rig, I'm going to put it together on the website. Um, I got mine from a sort of selection of little independent retailers because I think we are all little independent businesses and I think supporting them is good, especially in the pro audio sector, you know, because it will help. Yeah. It will help there be a guitar shop available for Louis when he gets old enough to to want to choose his own, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, We could have done affiliate links and all that good stuff, but it's just not really us. Yeah. The next thing you need to do, I reckon, is, or one of us needs to do, whoever gets there first, is to just work out what the noise floor performance is on those mics. Yeah. Because if we can have one... How do we do that, Aaron? Rumi Q wizard. Yeah. I can't remember how you do it, even though I did it by myself. There is a way to do it. I had you and Goff on speed dial, so I was like going, okay, what do you So, yeah. Um, where do we go from here? So we've got our room. Uh-huh. Uh... We've tested our time alignment. Yep. And that's probably something that's going to... That's probably the thing that I'd spend the most time on. Pardon the pun. 
because it the whole thing snaps into focus and when the timing is right and you're kind of nodding along especially with music yes well you say that you say that but remember that 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 any two speakers in that room let, let's just even the front right the sorry yeah that so so the front right speaker and let's say the front wide right speaker if those two are time aligned correctly let's say that there's a there's a a noise going on in smack bang the center of those two speakers if they're not timed correctly that noise is not gonna phantomly be where it should be true true and that makes an enormous difference to everything yeah time aligning every speaker to your rsp really is massively important i i didn't realize just how important it was until i i well i haven't finished it in my room but um i spent a whole day doing it and a whole day playing with this and the difference is phenomenal it's um yeah it just everything becomes so much more focused and accurate anyway um the eqing side to it owen I actually don't spend a huge amount of time on because we should have the room controlling that and the speakers producing what we want. So there'll be there'll be an amount of time set to it, but not days worth. No, that makes sense. And actually, to be honest, I think looking at the way Arc Genesis does it, because I'm most familiar with that, and then looking at it again in um, in Room EQ with it, it doesn't get it particularly wrong in terms of the curve of the room. Mm. it's the other stuff what's that time alignment and and level yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. very difficult i think for for these systems to get right especially when they're free sure does that make sense it 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 does good i mean there's no reason why an auto system can't do it it's just that so far it kind of we can always do better right i can't actually give you i don't like where this has gone now Mm -hmm. um I can't give you a good reason why they don't do it well. I just think it's hard. There's no reason why AI can't create a convincing-looking render of a cinema room. It's just that it can't yet. Yeah. You know, you look closely and you're like, wow, that speaker looks like it's haunted. Or why's that person got six <laughs> fingers? And this is it's all really mm. fascinating and stuff, but it's also kind of like a bleak 70s horror film at the moment. Yeah. And that's not to say that in two years' time we won't be going... Oh yeah, such and such with their thing. They've absolutely nailed it. I don't need to do calibration anymore. But I don't think it'll be two years. <laughs> I think yeah, I, I agree. And I think what's important for us to say here is is that I, I'm not slating these systems. Of course not. At all. Most people just buy the stuff and take it home, right? So what what, what are they going to do? Yeah, I mean, listen, using using these auto EQ bits of software it's better to use them than to not use them it's going to dramatically improve the room but i think what we're doing is 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 as professional installers we need to do better mm-hmm. than what mr x can buy an anthem or an arcam off the shelf or an integra take it home get themselves a 99 quid usb mic and probably do as well as set up out of the box than what a lot of pro installers say they are doing. Does that make sense? It completely does. Well, to be honest as well, I think the guy who owns it could often do better because one thing I learned the hard way, um, I think it changes from some makes to another, but certainly all the clip stuff that I've got, it takes a bit of time to bed in, definitely. Mm. 
And one reason my room started to get good around the spring of this year is because it had had a decent amount of use and it had bedded in properly. So the speaker response wasn't then constantly changing a little bit with use and it sort of settled and then we could calibrate it it's the only it's the only time when we're doing an install Mm -hmm. i use that special feature that pretty much every certainly avr has which is all channels stereo or 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 what do they call it um yeah all channel stereo so he uses every speaker in the room it's the only time i use it oh what for running in to run them in. Yeah. To give it as much time in, and then we'll say to the customer, we'll get it to a point, but we'll come back once you've got a few hours on the speakers. Yeah. Because, you know, they do, uh, what is it, they're softening up and, and all the rest of it, and they're bedding in and doing what they do, and it does 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 cause the speaker to perform different. Now, 100%. this is interesting because there's no doubt what we're talking about will take some time to do, and it also requires some patience to do. Now, the thing is, I know people are kind of going, oh, I've read a book about business process and about efficiency and you know they're trying to almost uh, cut corners isn't fair they're trying to almost be nice and efficient and go right we need to get in we need to do the job we need to calibrate it we need to get paid we need to fuck off there's nothing wrong with that except that Mm -hmm. you're not again it's the is that providing a good service when if you know a bit more if you've been doing it a bit longer you kind of go no actually what needs to happen is you need to install it give it to them disappear for two weeks come back and calibrate Build that into process. It might be hard to say. A lot of things that are correct are hard to say. I've had a few people say to me lately, um, very recently actually, oh, but it's the best thing that our customers ever heard. Oh, Jesus. Do you know what? Yeah, go, go, I hate talk to me. hearing that. I, Owen, it just drives me mad. A little bit inside me dies. I, I, I agree. I think it is a shit excuse. Um, and the problem is... The client is buying, I don't know, upwards of 10 grand, upwards of 20 grand's worth of stuff. If you just don't know that that early phase system's going to change its character dramatically and you can't calibrate it until it's finished doing that, well, what's your excuse for not knowing? Because you have been told. Yeah. Or what's your excuse for not knowing because a training path has been made available to you? Mm-hmm. If it's just, yeah, that, that thing of, oh, it's the best thing they've ever heard. So fucking what? The last thing they heard was a Sonos soundbar. There's nothing wrong with that either, but at least it's only a grand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When it's 20, you need to treat it with respect. Charge for these things. And actually, even if like the customer says, oh, I've got £20,000 hard ceiling, and you go, okay, right, I need to tell you whatever, and build in the process to just let that equipment perform correctly to its potential. I mean, how many of us will put in a 20 grand projector and not get it calibrated? Right, that message has gone in. Everyone understands. And I... And really, that's what we're saying, isn't it? You might buy, you're not going to try and calibrate a, a Sonos soundbar, and that's what we're saying here. You're not, you're not going to put in a, you know, a, an eight hundred quid Amazon projector and expect it to be calibrated and spend, you know, four or five hundred quid getting it calibrated. Yeah. The amount of love needs to go up with the bill of materials. I see this a lot. Yeah. Actually, I see something that might have been acceptable with a kind of large chain oh, can i just stop you yeah, can i just can i just stop you there so what you've just said is is that that the spend the higher the spend the more we should spend on calibrating well i think what i've learned in the last two years actually that spend threshold is coming down i.e you know if you're spending upwards of let's say eighty thousand on a on a on a cinema room mm-hmm. automatically everything would be calibrated by 
by somebody. I, I which is probably where I thought it should be at two, three years ago. I am now like at fifteen grand and above. We are calibrating it. Mm-hmm. End of. It's it's really tricky because even at fifteen grand, we are we are putting the love and the time into the room to get it as good as we can get it. All right, we're not doing waveforming in there, but you know we've put a lot of effort. We've put a lot of speakers in there. We've definitely got a lot of base energy going in there. You know, and how are we going to? That's going to have as much impact, time aligning it, and and getting your level set correctly in that £15,000 room as it will do a £150,000 room. I think that's fair, but I nonetheless think that the amount of kind of labour that you can sensibly persuade a client that they need to spend absolutely goes up if they're spending more. That's all. Yeah. I'm, I might I might limit myself to a day and a half to calibrate mm-hmm. it at, at fifteen grand. If it was, you know, 150000 I probably wouldn't set a limit. It would just be done when it was done. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And, and this is hard because, I mean, the fact that sort of auto calibration systems exist, the fact that you can kind of, it's the same as doing the design right, actually. You can kind of, oh, well, we can get this manufacturer service to do it and they're not all equal. But let's say we get a fairly basic one who are using overlay tools. It'll be all right. But is it all right relative to the amount of money that's gone in? I'm saying not. I'm saying if you're delivering 20% below what the stuff's capable of yeah, for the sake of a couple of days' labour... It's yeah. piss poor service. Again, the room's got one job. I sound like a scratch record, right? The room's got one job. If it's not as transformative as it could have been, and if it could have been 40% better, 20% better, whatever it is, for the sake of a couple of days of chargeable labour, then what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to need some editing. Uh, let's let's talk positive. Let's. Uh, I mean, because you came and helped me calibrate my room, right, in April. Yeah. And we had a look at it and we did some stuff and it came away really actually liking it for the first time. Like really liking it. Mm. And it, it very it, interesting. You have to be able to see what the room's doing on a well, I do anyway. I have to be able to see what the room's doing on a graph in front of me. Ooh. To see what's going on. Makes so much more sense when you do. We we ended we ended up taking stuff out of the room as well, do you remember? We took off yeah. took off the ruddy panels and chucked a load of foam in the skip. Yeah. It's good. It, it's it, it it yeah, and I think I think doing these measurements, verifying what we've done in our room, because uh, as I've said earlier on, you know, um, verification, Owen, we we can calculate relatively accurately, but that's the thing; it's relatively accurate. So Ooh. let's get the microphones out, and let's okay. Has this treatment done what I wanted it to do? Yes or no? Yes, it has pat on the back no it hasn't fuck right let's take some out let's add some in let's do something but let's make sure we're giving what we've promised we give yeah this is interesting. And- i'm also i'm also right in the middle of a job um I actually i got covid a couple of days ago brilliant i'm right in the middle of a job they're desperate for me to finish i'm desperate to finish i deliberately haven't finished fabricing it yet mm. good i've left a couple of bits of space open because i don't know if i'm gonna add stuff take stuff away or what Mm. And it works. It's a cinema. It's nice. They're quite happy. But I'm like, no. You know, we are going to do this, and we're going to do this at the right time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just a couple of fabric panels are loose in order that I can make the changes I want to make when I want to make them. Yeah. 
And it's quite fun sticking to your guns like that, you know? Yeah, you see, it's like testing before the fabric's gone in. That's going to get you... That's not going to give you the full story because even acoustically transparent fabric is doing something in your room. Yeah, totally. Well, actually, this is the, the big thing about this is it's a story of seats because the seats are the biggest absorber you can have, right? Yes. Like, I've, I've just got rid of the seats out of mine with new ones coming to me in the next few days. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it sounds bloody awful in here. Yeah, of course. It does. You've got absorption missing. It's I've lost a lot of absorption. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's an introduction to calibration anyway. That's sort of what we do. Cool. So yeah, calibration, get involved. Um, questions, as ever, you can email podcast at or tom at or owen at homecinemadesign.co.uk. Um, we've been the Home Cinema Design Podcast. Thank you very much. Take care all. See you soon. Bye.